Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're going to double down in the National Football League on the biggest game of the day. Uh, because uh, there, there are some fun matchups, some good matchups. There are some mismatches in tomorrow's uh, games. Uh, but the best game of them all is the Ravens and the Chiefs doing battle in Arrowhead out there in KC. Our next guest isn't heading out because he's got Oriole duties tonight. He covers both the Orioles and the Ravens down here in Baltimore for WNST.net. And uh, the Orioles season will come to a merciful end next week, and he can completely uh, give all his attention to the Ravens. Luke Jones, good enough to jump aboard with us here on CBS Sports Radio. Can that Orioles season end quickly enough for you, Luke? No, uh, considering it was really over in, uh, I don't know, April 15th, back day. I mean, <laughs> but it's a nice night at the ballpark and a decent crowd, nice way to finish my final game here at the ballpark and turn all attention toward the 2-0 Ravens. Okay, uh, good for you. Yes, you get to uh, actually pay attention to a team that's going to be in the fight this year. And the Ravens surely have been, well, not even. They've been kind of dominant the first two weeks of the season. Lamar Jackson has uh, grown by leaps and bounds here from his rookie year, which was pretty damn good, by the way, uh, to now the second year where he's in the MVP conversation two weeks in, who should get the credit for the not only step up, but several steps up that Lamar Jackson has taken so far in the first two weeks of the season? Well, I mean, I think you have to start with Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's put in the work. He didn't rest on his laurels last year. He said all along that he considers himself a quarterback who and would much prefer throwing touchdowns than running. We know he's a gifted runner. He showed that last year. He showed that last week against Arizona. But he went to work and he understood what he needed to do. He needed to widen his base. He needed to refine his footwork, improve his mechanics. And he just he went to work by all accounts. He worked with uh, Joshua Harris, a high school coach in Florida that he has a relationship with, uh, worked out with him, worked out with teammates. Uh, and he just he made himself a, a lot better. So I think you have to start with giving him the credit more than anyone else. But I also think the Ravens, with the promotion of Greg Roman to offensive coordinator, seeing what he did with Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo, seeing what he did with Colin Kaepernick in San Francisco, and taking what Lamar Jackson did well throwing the football last year, which a, a lot of people didn't give him credit for this, but go look at his numbers over the middle of the field last year, and he did a pretty solid job. So everything about this passing game really does start with the play action, RPOs, throwing over the middle to Mark Andrews, their second-year tight end, who's really had a great start to the season. And it started to branch out, and certainly Marquise Brown has had a huge part to do with that, throwing outside numbers. But I think, first and foremost, the work he's put in, and then Roman having done this with some mobile quarterbacks in the past and really trying to cater to what Lamar Jackson does best. That's really why I didn't expect this kind of jump. No one did, but that's why we've seen Lamar Jackson uh, silence all of his critics and 
now suddenly, as you mentioned, we're talking about him as a possible MVP two weeks into the season, understanding it's early. Speaking of his critics, and there were some, and I, I do want to reference one quote he had this week uh, when asked about his performance. Lamar did uh, take the needle out and stick it in and say, yeah, pretty good for a running back. If he's using it as a motivational tool, then I'm good with that because, yeah, any way you can to be as good as you can be, more power to you. But at some point, you got to move off that. Is he that kind of guy? Is he going to just live off this? Oh, yeah, so you thought I was a running back. How does, how does my passing game look now? Is he that type of an individual that will use this as something to get him motivated on a week-in, week-out basis? I think he certainly uses it as motivation, but if you listen to his comments throughout the spring, going back to OTAs, going back to training camp, he's as self-deprecating as anyone. He flat out said, look, I wasn't good throwing the football last year. I was inaccurate. I missed open receivers. Uh, there were some plays that I've really left on the field. Uh, and he went as far to say, you know, I, I stunk out there. Uh, so I don't think it's a case where uh, he's, bristling about it, but he's certainly remembering those who have doubted him, and I think he is going to use that for motivation, but I think he does it, he channels that in a really positive way, rather than kind of carrying it with him, or dwelling on it, or or holding grudges against anyone. He he just wants to win, he wants to get better, that's why this organization has fallen in love with him as quickly as it has. Another one of the key additions the Ravens made during the offseason was bringing in Mark Ingram from the Saints to be their main running back, and he's been just that with 27 carries over the first two weeks, is only averaging 5.7 per carry. Is he making Lamar Jackson's life easier, or is Lamar Jackson making Mark Ingram's life easier? Yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be a push-pull with that relationship over the course of the season, but early on it'd be tough to say that, I mean, Lamar Jackson's making everyone's life easier uh, in that Ravens locker room on that Ravens coaching staff right now. Uh, I mean, Ingram, his first carry of the year, 49 yards. So you, know, you, you look at that and the rest, the rest of how he's played has been good, but they've actually, and I'm, you're going to think I'm crazy saying this when you look at the numbers, but they've actually been a little spotty between the tackles running the ball. It's really been, I mentioned that Ingram play, first play from scrimmage against Miami, which we all know the Dolphins are just terrible. And Jackson running the ball on the outside, getting to the edge and uh, getting outside, outside our defensive ends and outside linebackers. But Ingram has been as, as advertised. He's provided a lot of leadership. Uh, I think he's someone that you know, has always been in a timeshare, and certainly the Ravens aren't going to ask him to carry it 30 times per game. But I think he's given them exactly what they wanted, uh, which was a little more maturity, certainly very productive, and uh, at 29 years old, uh, fresher legs than typically you see from a running back that age. So uh, I think they're going to help each other over the course of the year, but uh, it's been the Lamar Jackson show, no, no questions asked as far as what's been driving that Ravens offense. All right, they give up 10 points to the Dolphins week one, 17 last week to uh, Arizona in their second victory. If I set the number at 27 that the Chiefs can score on Sunday, can the Raven defense hold Patrick Mahomes to 27 or under? I mean, if you look at what they did last year, now granted there's a lot of turnover. I mean, Terrell Suggs gone, T.J. Mosley gone, Zedarius uh, Smith gone, and but their defense, and they still have a lot of confidence, and they've played well, albeit 
not not against the most impressive competition through two weeks, but uh, they held Kansas City to 24 points in regulation last year. They hit Patrick Mahomes 15 times, uh, and uh, they, uh, they they turned them over once. They, they made it, they flustered them, but being the MVP that he is, he made the big play in the end that that made the difference. So I think they can do that. And it's funny you mentioned that number. I'm leaning towards Kansas City in this game in a, a very close, close game, and I'm picking the Ravens to score 27 points. So if, if they can hold them to 27 or just under that, I love their chances to win this football game. But Ravens are a little banged up in the secondary. No Jimmy Smith. They lost their above-average slot corner Tavon Young back in August, and Kyler Murray threw for uh, about 350 yards against them last week, and they, they've had some hiccups and communication uh, issues, which I think are correctable, but that's not a harbinger uh, for success when you're going into Arrowhead. So uh, I think they're going to end up giving up a little more than that, but I really think that's the magic number. And uh, if they can repeat or, or come really close to what they did last year, then I think Lamar Jackson and this offense have more than enough firepower uh, to get the job done this time around. We're talking to uh, Luke Jones, who covers the Ravens for uh, WNST.net down there in Baltimore. Um, what do you think their game plan is going against Mahomes tomorrow? Is it we got to hit them? They hit them plenty last year. You said 15 times, and, yeah, they went to overtime. But, yeah, they come came up short. Do they want to try and just keep the deep ball in the park and not worry about getting – beat on a long pass and keep everything in front of them? How do you think they will deploy their defense to try and keep Mahomes from putting 35-plus on the board? Well, I'll say, uh, first of all, I'll say what I always say about this Ravens defense under coordinator Wink Martindale. They're, they're going to be multiple. They're going to show Mahomes every single look uh, you can think of. I mean, they, they love to use those. Uh, it's called amoeba fronts where they'll have six, seven, eight guys at the line of scrimmage and, Four or five will rush. The other guys will drop in coverage, vice versa. I mean, they'll, they'll really do a good job of keeping him guessing, but you definitely want to get after him. I think at the same time, it has to be a controlled pass rush because, as you know, Kansas City can screen the death out of you and, and Mahomes can escape the pocket. If you're trying to crash inside, he'll, he'll roll out and he'll hit someone downfield for 50 yards. So I think they, they want to pressure. Certainly they want to get after him like they did last year, but – uh, the big factor, and I haven't mentioned him yet, and I'd be remiss if I hadn't meant, that I haven't mentioned him to this point. They brought Earl Thomas in on a big contract. They replaced Eric Weddle with him, thinking he has more range, and they are certainly going to have to be aware of keeping those speedy wide receivers, not including Tyreek Hill, who's going to be out, uh, of course, with the shoulder. But uh, Kansas City has still thrown the ball down the field, and you have to keep plays in, in front of you in that regard. Problem is, you still have Travis Kelsey in that short, intermediate portion of the field that I don't know if the Ravens have an answer for him. So uh, they certainly want to be aware with some of the breakdowns they had last week against Arizona and knowing how Kansas City profiles. So they want to they take away those big plays, but they know that Kansas City is just as capable of you know, nickel and diming you down the field as well and, and scoring that way. So uh, you really do have to pick your poison going up against this offense, that's for sure. Look, the, one of the teams that has been mentioned this week to potentially be in conversation for acquiring Jalen Ramsey from the Jaguars has been the Chiefs, has been the Ravens as well. 
How much of a chance, how much of a possibility would you say it is that the Ravens could be the team that makes the big deal for one of the best D-backs in the National Football League? Well, I think it really is going to come down to what Jacksonville is asking for. I mean, you've heard the reports that I have that they're interested in two first. I mean, Eric DaCosta, the Ravens, a first-year general manager, longtime lieutenant of Ozzie Newsom, he's a draft guy. So he absolutely loathes giving up draft picks, uh, even if it is for a really talented uh, Pro Bowl kind of player in Jalen Ramsey. So I, I still, and some of the stuff even coming out today, uh, I saw NFL Network had a report that, uh, at this point, it looks like Jacksonville is going to hold on to him because no one, Ravens, Kansas City, Eagles, whoever you want to mention, no one has stepped up to offer them what they're looking for. So, you know, if, if you ask me to say yes or no, at this point I'm going to say no, but the fact that the Ravens have been in on Jalen Ramsey does speak to what I mentioned a little bit earlier, some concern with their secondary that, with some of the injuries that they've sustained so far this year. And, oh, yeah, uh, a chance to acquire a uh, uh, a guy who, I don't know if he's a generational talent, but certainly a, a really, really, really good cornerback and uh, someone that you can lock up for, for the years to come and make that defense even that much better. All right, last thing, uh, and it was less than a year ago that I had this discussion on the show uh, with Baltimore guys, maybe not yourself, but with others, about John Harbaugh and whether you'd be staying in Baltimore as the coach. And it boggled my mind as to why the Ravens and he couldn't come to an agreement unless Harbaugh was looking to move on, which any time he was asked about it, he denied. And they just couldn't come to a contract agreement. They eventually got it done. They locked him up. He's staying there. He's the man in that, in town. But they made the playoff run that they made last year with it kind of sitting in abeyance. Is that a story anymore? Or as soon as he inked the contract, that it become... Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what happened. The past is the past. Everything's good. It's Harbaugh's team. It's Harbaugh going forward. Or is that still something that crops up from time to time? I really don't think that's a, a story, and it's going to be a story anytime soon because I mean they've rebooted here. I mean he 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 made he saw it through. I mean they've made a quarterback change. Obviously went away from a Super Bowl winning quarterback who uh, certainly had a lot of success earlier on his in his career with John Harbaugh, but Harbaugh. Uh, to me, that was an admission, and he wouldn't ca- characterize it as this, but an admission to, to, re- to start over, reinvent yourself a little bit, a uh, different style quarterback. He, they completely rebuilt the offense, and uh, I think he's in lockstep with Eric DaCosta, their, their new general manager. And uh, barring this really going in a direction where no one would foresee it, uh, where Lamar Jackson you know, suddenly shows that the, these last two weeks were a total fluke, which I don't think was the case whatsoever. I don't see John Harbaugh being in any kind of uh, any kind of heat. You know, I don't. I think the seat is not warm whatsoever now, and I think he's really reset as well as any head coach could, short of winning a Super Bowl. So uh, it really is surprising in that way. But uh, owner Steve Bashotti loves Harbaugh. They have a great relationship and. Uh, he never wanted to move on from him. Certainly it got dicey these last few years where they had the three-year uh, playoff drought. But uh, they, uh, uh, this, this is a reinvented John Harbaugh, and I think he kind of has a, uh, a, a renaissance, so to speak. I think there's a new enthusiasm with having such a young football team led by uh, his 22-year-old quarterback who has looked pretty darn good here in 2019. I know, by the way, Orioles are ahead, right? 3-1 down there. Getting that 50, 51st victory tonight, that's huge. 
Yeah, absolutely. Hey, they only won 47 last year, so <laughs> that, that makes market improvement. <laughs> yes, it does. Great stuff, Luke. Appreciate you coming on board. Thanks much. Uh, we'll talk to you again down the road. Sounds good, Jody. Enjoy the game tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.